Welcome to this edition of the Red-Headed Preacher Podcast. I'm the Red-Headed Preacher, Richard Lanford, the pastor of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, an open-end affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ. This uh, sermon and the scriptures are for the second Sunday in January, which is the first Sunday after Epiphany, Sunday, January 10th, 2021. Our lector is Beth Sturba. The scriptures, per the lectionary, are Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 5, Psalm 29, and Mark 1, verses 4 through 11. The title of the message is Words Create Worlds. That's borrowed from my preaching resource. And... This follows, of course, the uh, attack on the Capitol, which was Wednesday, January 6th. I do touch on that. Thank you for tuning in, and may God bless your listening. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This ends the reading from Genesis. Our second reading is Psalm 29, an annotation in the Oxford anointed, annotated, excuse me, edition of the new RSV calls it a hymn to the God of the storm. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. This ends the reading from Psalter. Girls are as good as boys at math. Well, that sounds like an encouraging statement, doesn't it? The sentence tries to send the message that both sexes are equal in their abilities. Girls, it seems to say, are equal to boys in their ability at math. But words are very powerful, and so can be the order in which words are used. More on part of that 
the first part of that statement later. But let's look at the order the words are in. Because girls are mentioned first and boys are mentioned second, the implication is that being good at math is more common or natural for boys. What do you think? Is it true that word order makes a difference? Consider another statement. Boys are as good as girls at talking about their feelings. And you might reply, no way. Boys are not good at sharing their feelings. But most would say that, yes, girls are generally good at this. Because in that sentence, girls are mentioned second. Boys are as good as girls. Because girls are mentioned second, the implication is that it's more natural for girls to talk about their feelings. Would you ever say girls are as good as boys at talking about their feelings? Probably not. It sounds a little backwards, right? That's my point. Whenever you or I make comparisons, we include the more typical or presumably common object as the second item in that comparison. We'd say tents are like houses instead of houses are like tents. Comparing zebras and horses, we say zebras are like horses, not horses are like zebras. Well, going back to the question of girls and boys at math, researchers at Stanford University have found that most people associate a natural math ability with the gender written in the second part of the sentence. The result, says one of the researchers, is that, quote, statements that imply that boys are naturally more talented could be contributing to women's underrepresentation, end quote. Such statements could help cause some of the gender gaps that exist in fields like physics and computer science. The researcher recommends that adults, especially parents and teachers, quote, try to avoid consistently framing one gender as the standard for the other, end quote. Words create worlds. Words really do shape the world that we live in. And sometimes so does the order of them. Interestingly enough, it was just a few weeks ago when I ran into our good neighbor Michael on the street while I was looking for the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, and he is a former religious studies major grounded in his Judaism. He has followed up and continues to inform himself in these areas. And he took that opportunity of running into me in the street to expound upon the great significance Jewish people have always placed on words and their power. We just heard about the power of words in their order. They may be used in a sentence when making comparisons. Michael was talking more about language in general and words in particular. He would agree with the sermon title that words create worlds. And we get a primo biblical course in that from Genesis 1 primarily, and if you listen to Psalm 29, the voice of God, the voice of God, and things happen. Well, Genesis begins with God creating the earth when the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. The poet James Weldon Johnson captured this well when he wrote, 
As far as the eye of God could see, darkness covered everything, blacker than a hundred midnights down in a cypress swamp. Except there was no everything yet. Genesis makes clear that God was separate from creation, saying that a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Now, the Hebrew word for wind is ruach, which also can be rendered spirit or breath. This word reminds us that God's spirit can come to earth as a mighty wind, such as on the day of Pentecost, or in a gentle breath, as when Jesus breathed on the disciples and said in John, receive the Holy Spirit. Wind, spirit, breath, all three are important words coming from one word, and they are at the heart of God's work of creation and God's creative work. On the first day, God created the powerful light that is essential for life. And God did it using nothing but four words. Let there be light. God used a set of words, God's voice, to bring order out of nothingness and light out of darkness. This creative speech of God has continued throughout history, through the words of the prophets, the teachings of Jesus, and sometimes in other ways. In the novel City of Peace, a Methodist pastor named Harley Camden speaks about the power of words. Quote, I'm convinced that words create reality. He explains, it's a very biblical idea. Think of God creating the world in Genesis, saying, let there be light, and there is light. Jesus is described in the New Testament as the Word, capital W. When Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream, people began to see a vision of a new reality, a new world of equality. Words create reality. Whether we say, I love you or I hate you, makes a huge difference. End quote. In Genesis, the Lord uses divine words to create a good world. Actually, the Hebrew tov ma'od is very good. To create a very good world for us to enjoy. In Mark, God's words at the baptism of Jesus, affirming Jesus as God's beloved son, and also indicating the role that he would have as the suffering servant prophesied in Isaiah. Affirming him as God's beloved son. With you I am well pleased. But human words do not always have such a positive effect. Of course they often do. But if a friend gossips about us, we feel hurt and we act with less trust in that relationship. Something has changed. If strangers yell at us, we feel stung. If people speak to us with disrespect, tensions arise. In an analysis of police body camera footage, Stanford researchers found that police officers speak less respectfully to black citizens than to white citizens, something we may know which does not stop with words, but to the point of language. 
White citizens, they found, were more likely than black residents to hear a police officer say thank you or to offer an apology. Black citizens were more likely than white residents to be called bro or dude and to have the officer issue commands like hands on the wheel. To be clear, there was no swearing, said one of the researchers. These were well-behaved officers. But the many small differences in how they spoke with community members added up to pervasive racial disparities. It is one arguably small piece of the dynamics eroding relationships between police and communities of color. Words create worlds. In the beginning, God created heavens, the heavens and the earth with words alone, and our speech continues to create the world we live in. As Christians, we are challenged to take words seriously, like our Jewish forebears of faith, as we follow Jesus, the one who in our faith is the word of God in human form. We understand that throughout history, Words have not only been used in the church for great blessings and to spread the gospel, but also words have been used in the church to control, diminish, or oppress people. Ephesians 6.5 is one passage that has been invoked to support the institution of slavery. Paul's admonition that, quote, women should be silent in churches, and in another letter there is a prohibition on women teaching in the church, Words that were used to prevent women believers from sharing their gifts. It may be the same as those of men. Other examples uh, include verses aimed at same-sex relations, originally set in different contexts than ours. Understandings evolve. Words can damage or destroy worlds, as well as create them as God intends to create. As one writer put it, these words were written in another time and place, but they continue to have a negative impact in the 21st century. They do not draw us closer to the God who created the heavens and the earth with a powerful word, and they do not help us follow Jesus Christ, the human face of God. Our speech, I think, should, for example, reflect God's desire for equality between people of every race. God created humankind in his image, says Genesis. In the image of God created he them. Every human being is created in the image of God, whether male or female or you know, LGBTQIA, whether black or brown or white or any other color, regardless of physical or mental disabilities or deformities, until we treat everyone as equally valuable creation, an equally valuable creation of God, we run the risk of being unfaithful to the word of God, which creates worlds. By now I expect you've heard a good bit about why, about how the way law enforcement reacted during the raid on the Capitol building, for the most part, that it laid bare the intersection between law and color. If you are among those 
who have had difficulty hearing or accepting the term white privilege, I would hope you saw its reality clear as crystal on TV Wednesday afternoon. Every human being is created in the image of God, if you believe what Genesis teaches here, and yet some are treated as better than. Words create worlds, and wicked words can damage worlds which God established. It was against that which the Reverend Dr. King and so many in the civil rights movement, rooted for the most part in the black churches, sought to bring justice, peace, and change. And it took centuries for the depth of this disbelief in God's creative word of equality in God's image. It took centuries for the depth of the disbelief in this to be so manifest in our society that the almost totally white rioters on Wednesday did what they did, not only out of firm convictions they held, but also out of a belief that they could and would get away with it. This for the most part, you know, now arrests are happening. You know, the sense of this is our place. We're carrying a Confederate flag and we're not being stopped. This, and for the most part, and words create worlds. And we know that words help send those folks on their way and before that day. Words and behaviors promoting the heresy that some groups of humans are more equal than other groups in the eyes of God, especially when the difference is skin color, going back, as I said, centuries, do not create good, as God pronounced God's creation, tov ma'od, very good. We in the Christian church are not without guilt in this heresy over the centuries. It is good that John's baptism was for repentance, for a change, for a turnaround, so as to be facing towards Jesus when he comes on the scene for us. Words spoken that led up to this insurrection and sent it on its way also created a world of sorts last week. Not a world friendly to Jesus Christ, nor to the church, where our law is to love one another as Christ loved us, to lay down our lives for one another as he did for us sinners. That brings me back to the blessing of words creating worlds that you, I, and the church around the world need the words that we've been given that reflect the truth of Jesus, the word, words which create worlds of shalom. And you know some of these words. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and prophets. Jesus said that in Matthew 7, 12. We know that elsewhere, and recently we heard, that loving the Lord our God with our whole heart, mind, and strength was the first and greatest commandment, and a second was on a par with it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Luke 6.36, be merciful just as your father is merciful. And as I just invoked John 13, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, since words can create worlds, 
you and I and our churches need to be using language that communicates, among other things, the, the equality of human beings created by God, as well as words which express the truth, love, and grace of God that we know in Jesus Christ. The world needs us. On the first day, God spoke and thereby brought order out of nothingness and light out of darkness. We can do the same on our human level with the words we speak today, tonight, and always. And our words can be used by God to create worlds of kindness, of hope, honesty, peace, salvation, and the ability for us to see ourselves so that we can try to walk in another person's shoes. For our words, especially the words of Christians, powerful as words can be, must also be matched by our lives. The charges of hypocrisy are among the first that we hear when people say why they don't go to church or have anything to do with, with Christianity or even religion. So, by the grace of God, we do what we can to match our lives with the words that God has blessed us to bless others with. And, you know, the Holy Spirit does help us to do that. Sometimes we just need to remember to ask. And that is good news. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Red-Headed Preacher podcast, a difficult message uh, to write and perhaps to listen to, and uh, but these are difficult and crazy times that we lived through last week, especially the day of Epiphany, Wednesday, January 6th. And we look into the future with hope and trepidation. It's kind of like having both courage and fear. Uh, and so we'll see what the next Sunday brings in terms of our message, but I thank you for listening, and God bless your week, and God bless the United States of America.